Welcome to this episode of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play Super Hot. Super Hot. If you haven't done so already, make sure you jump over to whichever streaming service you use to listen to your podcast and give us a five-star rating. Now, this week, Jacob thought he was learning some things from a computer, but I don't think it was the things he wanted to learn. The The computer was like very HAL 9000-esque, where like largely like prototypical AI, but like there was some really good snark and some really good like like philosophical kind of discussion coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a person that understands or reads philosophy, but I'm like, hmm, I bet this computer could learn me some things. <laughs> uh, I I think it kind of makes you unlearn some things like compassion and like <laughs> You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Shiga McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, he's joining me in the room. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Great. Me too. Mohamed Murtadi, how do you feel about Super Hot? Super Hot. Super Hot. It's trash. (laughs) (laughs) And we start off on the right foot. Super Hot is the game that we're playing today. It was developed and published by the Super Hot team. Uh, It's available on a myriad of different platforms, including Linux, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, I was going to say Microsoft Office, (laughs) Microsoft Word, OS X, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Gentlemen, Super Hot. Tell me more. Super Hot was initially conceived in a game jam and has uh, an intentional aesthetic of looking like it's half-finished. It looks like it's in the middle of being developed. It feels fantastic. Um, And I love games with a meta-narrative, which which this game has. Mo, how did you feel about Super Hot? Um... I didn't know almost anything about it besides like the general screenshots of the game, how you see it in advertisements on Steam and like Humble Bundle things like that. Um, the fact that I kept seeing it on sales and like always on the front page, I kind of told me that it might be a popular game. So when you guys mentioned to play it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is a game that I definitely would have left behind, and now I'm getting a chance to play it because of the pod. Uh, one thing to note before we start on our our large conversation about the game, there is super hot and there is super hot VR. If I'm not mistaken, gentlemen, none of us have played super hot VR, correct? I did. I played it on my Xbox one. Oh, you did? Yes. Okay. Not, uh, not super hot VR. Not VR. Okay. Jacob, Mo- what did you play it on? I also played it on Xbox one. It's available, I believe on Xbox game pass. If not, it was an Xbox live gold game very recently. It was a, a recent games with gold. Thank you. And Mo, you played it on PC, I yeah, assume. Yeah, played it on PC. Even though I did get a PS4, to uh, kind of start playing some of those console games you guys keep talking about. But uh, yeah, I did play this one on PC. Okay. And you did not play the VR version, no, correct? No, no, it's a standard version. Okay. Because mm-hmm. it's available on everything. It's on Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, and PlayStation VR, so... I mean, I haven't played many VR games, uh, because I don't know own a VR headset, but I have to imagine this is the best VR game out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to chime in. Though there are some good VR games. Um, one of the like most popular one, I think, ships with Oculus. Uh, it's Robo Recall. So you play like a little mech. Uh, not a mech. You play a guy and you're taking down a bunch of mechs. So that one is pretty sweet. It kind of has a slow motion bullets kind of similar thing to Super Hot. Almost not really, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that I keep thinking about it. But then again, like there's slow motion bullets and uh, it's they don't follow the same mechanic. But that's a pretty sweet game game on vr so there are there are some good ones so you you bring up a, a good point mo we should probably talk about what what the premise of this game is and then what the mechanics are jacob how does this game start and what is the premise of it the the premise is really hard to describe right because you get into the game and essentially imagine ms dos right so ms dos something that some of you may have heard of listening to this podcast others are like what's an ms dos it's like a very rudimentary command line computer system so that's what the menus look like that's how the game kind of is it p 
P-I-O-S. Is that kind of Pi what? P-I-O-S, yeah. P-I-O-S is the OS system that within the super hot universe. And you start in the game, which involves this P-I-O-S. It involves a chat client, and it involves the actual game itself. So I think there's like three layers to it. Mm-hmm. So you're interfacing either with your computer or with a console. And as you load in, you're loading into essentially a terminal. And then from there, you access superhot.exe. Mm-hmm. Um, which then gets you into the the super hot world of what black black and white with, yeah with well, red people all over it's hard to describe so that sounds like a really bad joke about newspapers <laughs> or something what's what's black and uh, white and red all over a newspaper <laughs> what's black and white and red all over a bloody penguin yeesh we got real dark there. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, we, you come we in. We got dark. No, no, no. You got <laughs> <laughs> So you start in kick. So imagine it's like this industrial world and everything is made of like this very white concrete. So it's all white around you. It's very industrial, but very simple industrial. Mm-hmm. And all of the enemies that are around you are just these like almost like looking through like a like a like not a thermometer but like a like a heat map where the people are all red and orange and all you see is your hand and and all of the people in the game are in the shape of either you know rudimentary polygons or you know crystals they're very defined sharp lines imagine like star fox on the super nintendo like that kind of like almost i don't want to say like voxel graphics but like these guys are like super pixely on purpose that's the aesthetic and super hot (laughs) and so what are the mechanics of the game so mo did you want to say something about super hot um it's just that super hot it's all i know it's super hot so the mechanics of the game is the big mechanic is that as you're moving forward that's the only time the game really moves so if you stand still the game will move like at a super snail's pace so as as you move, the game world moves. And by that, what I mean is the enemies move, bullets time move, forward. time moves forward. Thank you. And as you stop, everything in the world stops around you. Mo? Yeah, so just to kind of add on that Jacob said, uh, any type of movement, whether it's turning, moving forward, throwing an item, grabbing an item, progresses time um, forward, and you're always, there's no way to go backwards. It's a continuous movement forward, forward. Uh, in the the space so perfect example if you're facing someone and they shoot you and you hear the sound of a bullet the bullet is moving based off of your movement so if you move forward it comes closer to you if you move left it comes closer to the direction it was originally shot at so you're kind of fighting with time the only thing i can i think i can compare it to is in uh braid another game that we uh played back in the podcast there was a level where as you moved forward the space and the time in the map also progressed this is like a 3d version of that for anyone that's played braid so with that in addition to guns um you can throw items um and then there's also melee weapons as well yeah so there are three types of firearms there's the pistol there's the shotgun and then there's the assault rifle and then on top of that there are a variety of melee items uh, that you can use to either throw at people or attack them with. Uh, those being, you know, a big katana that you can uh, attack people with and slice them cleanly in half. Uh, and then there are a variety of items that you would find in the normal world. A, mm-hmm. You know, a briefcase, a cell phone, uh, an ashtray, a bottle of liquor, a some art, ball, some art, uh, a lot of things that you can throw at enemies to kind of delay them, to stun them, to give you some time to run up, punch them in the face. Uh, grab the weapon that they just dropped and use it against them. There are a lot of really fun, interesting ways to complete all of the levels. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, one of the most satisfying parts of the game is immediately when you finish a level. So imagine that a level in your mind like could take anywhere from 45 seconds to um, maybe like three minutes at the top, but you only have one chance. So like it's, if you get shot or you get hit too many times, you're dead. If a bullet hits you, you're dead. So some of these levels, like, you'll get shot almost, like, 90% of the way through your your run, and you have to restart at the beginning. My favorite part is at the end of every level, you get a replay in full speed at what you did. <laughs> and after you watch that, you just look at it and you go, holy smokes, yeah. I'm such a badass. Yes. That's all I thought. Totally. It reminds me so much of Super Meat Boy. 
and that it initially feels like an incredibly tough, impossible puzzle. But as soon as you figured it out and as soon as you complete it, they show your run in real time. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, I I did so good on that. Mm-hmm. I did fantastic. Mo, what did you feel playing through um, that? It's, it's really funny that you bring up Super Meat Boy because I, I vividly remember Super Meat Boy when it first came out, Mike, way back uh, when. And you actually said, oh, it's the greatest game ever. So I went and bought it because I, I, took, <laughs> I took your word for it. And that was probably the hardest game I've ever played. And I stopped after maybe like the first or second introductory levels. Super hot. Soft boy. Yeah, I'm, when it comes to those way too challenging games, I just kind of move on to the next thing. I follow the... I like the happy path. I like games rewarding. <laughs> you like to be rewarded. Exactly. So, yeah. So, with Super Hot though, it doesn't have that crazy, intense difficulty. Everything in that game, you can see, like, you succeeding in it. Like, if you, when you do get shot, it's probably because you just didn't notice that next guy spawning above you or behind you, and he fired a bullet yep. without you seeing it. So, you know, okay, a bullet came from there. Next time I run through, I'll just, I'll easily dodge it because I know it's coming now. The game feels unfair because time only moves when you move it feels like you have the ultimate superpower Mm -hmm. that you are just the the deck is stacked in your favor and you're you're given all the tools to look amazing um like i know starting a level that the first kill they give you is like an easy immediate simple kill and it's from there that you try and combo into more and more kills so you'll you'll you know probably punch the first person you see grab the pistol in their hand when they drop it use it against them turn shoot the other guy throw the the pistol at the guy running at you with a shotgun grab the shotgun as he drops it fire down the hall and take one or two people out and continue to to snowball the first kill into the last kill and it's just so incredibly rewarding i was almost gonna fight you because of what you said there in that like this game is unfair it you're right. I thought you meant unfair in general, but you're saying unfair for like the AI and the actual game yeah. itself. Because as you know, I'm a huge soft boy. I was actually <laughs> going to compare this game and the replay feature to Super Monkey Ball, not Super Meat Boy, um, <laughs> just to prove how big of a you know soft boy I am. But it does feel incredibly unfair for the AI until you realize that there's a lot going on and that even the smallest mistake... To me, the biggest thing was not finding guys behind me. And the game actually does a really good job of one layering on mechanics of like, here's how this game works. Here's how the throw works. Here's how melee weapons work. They do that in the first few levels. Um, But they even do an incredible job of saying um, either through the text cues that come up in front of your face or even through like color in the level. Sometimes there'll be like a door that turns red and you're like, oh, snap, there's a guy coming. I need to Mm -hmm. react to the guy that's coming behind me as well. You bring up something that I think is is really interesting that we haven't talked much about, which is that the game Superhot.exe talks to you as you're inside each level, and it it not only talks to you in a meta narrative way, in that like it's talking to you, the player um, playing Superhot the game, but it talks to the character that is operating Superhot.exe, um, and, and it's often uh taunting you at the different ways that you're either losing control or have no agency in the game that you you ultimately just have to follow the path that the designers have set up for you and i think it's incredibly different compared to we we played what remains of Edith Finch in our last episode if you're interested in that go to our website leftbehindgame.club you can check that out but they put it on the screen in a very non-aggressive very kind of loving way but i feel like the the text in this game is not only abrasive, but it's also very aggressive when you're in actu- when you're in the actual EXE itself. Not the chat client, but when you're in superhot.exe. Absolutely. The the game, uh super the, the executable, superhot.exe, um, as you progress through the game, you come to realize you lose more and more control. Um, if you ever had control to begin with over your actions Um, at one point you become so dependent or addicted to the game that the game starts talking to you directly and says like you know this is not a game you shouldn't be playing with this Mm -hmm. leave and don't come back and uh, you interact with the game and your character types back you're right I I, I just want to leave I just want to stop 
and you log out. You go into the big PyOS terminal window and you hit quit. And when you come back, the game superhit.exe acknowledges that you've returned and that you don't have any control and that you had to, had to come back. Yeah, I think it's very fair to say that we have now entered the spoiler room brawl. <laughs> so if you're interested in superhot.exe or superhot the game, um, it's uh, relatively cheap. It's about two hours to play through. Um, we will spoil the meta narrative on this. So if you're interested in that at all, this is probably a point where you should stop listening. Go play super hot. Come back. Enjoy your time with the boys. Mo? Um, yeah, I kind of want to touch on the elephant in the room. I guess for only us three, when we were talking earlier, I really started getting annoyed by that closing super hot. Super hot. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but maybe it was fun or something like that. But I got I got to the point where there were some playthroughs. As soon as I like finish and you see the sequence, your replay coming up, I'd move my headphones off just to kind of be able to mentally process like moving on to the next level. Uh, how did you guys feel about that very monotone narrative do you think it added do you think it didn't do anything well what do you mean monotone narrative? Uh, sorry like just the the chanting of super yeah Hot? that that exactly that yeah just this chanting i'm okay mo i feel like an idiot for having asked this but i have to ask did you read any of the irc chat it's a very fair the, the guru chat very fair question <laughs> Very fair, because if you know my history when it comes to playing video games, when there's only dialogue boxes that I have to follow along, uh, 20%. Most of the time, I'm just... <laughs> hey, that's most, more than I was And to be honest, a lot of it I didn't understand, because surprise, I didn't keep up with all of it. I just kind of kept clicking enter, 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 let's move forward, go to the next like mission. Um, when it comes to these puzzle games, I kind of just want to keep moving forward, and maybe I robbed myself from a portion of the game that you guys hopefully can fill me in on. Mm-hmm. Jacob, did you read all of the the guru chat? I did read the hashtag all hacker channel. I did read all of the guru chat. Um, I do want to make a comment about the sound though. So you you mentioned the monotone, super hot. I actually like played this game on very low volume uh-huh. and like was listening to podcasts at the same time. So correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel like the sound takes away or adds much to the game, um, but I did follow along with the the guru chats. Okay, yeah. I, I mean. To answer your question directly, Mo, I I didn't uh, I was not annoyed with the game chanting to me super hot. Um, I was not annoyed with any of the sound design. I thought it was a fun little thing that people who like the game had their own thing to chant. Uh, you know, we've talked playing other games that there are one liners that uh, that you leave with. Like when yeah. we played Portal, you you all knew, or, and everyone who's played Portal knows the line: "The cake is a lie." Yes. And it, it's just one of those things that you say, and then you have that understanding that, oh, yeah, they've played. They yeah, understand. Yeah, so I, that's pretty cool. And that's would, a pretty cool point that now, like, super hot. If someone says it in that way, it's like, ah, oh, okay, I know you. I know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you followed along with the guru chat uh, chat client, which, you know, I think is supposed to replicate, like, a, a, an early IRC minimal t- uh, chat client, um, it one is an incredibly realistic IRC channel chat where everyone starts to abuse the uh, the commands um, and where the mods get a little bit uh, overzealous with their powers and <laughs> where you know just the, the general vibe of hanging out with people that you only know through the internet um, but I think one of the key things there was when they start talking about the game everyone just to signal uh, you know their love of it or how far they've been they just start chanting super hot super hot and that was such a true experience i've had in many other irc channels when i was younger um you know dropping one-liners that help signal you know signal oh I- i've played this or i know i know what you're experiencing right now when people begin to ritualistically chant things that's yeah. when you get really excited <laughs> that's exactly it yeah okay got my it. religious upbringing is is you know <laughs> formed me for life <laughs> so you know the game starts out with your friend sending you the the you know the cracked version of superhot.exe mm-hmm. and you complete the initial set of levels and it just seems like a normal game mm-hmm. and then you know you, you talk to him again and he says okay here are more levels but they're password protected so like i haven't been able to crack them yet and you hop in and you try a couple passwords and you're able to get in mm-hmm. and you play them. And that's when you get sucked in further. And that's when the game starts talking to you. 
And when you next have an opportunity to chat with him, he says like, hey, man, like, you know, do you ever, you know, what's the password? And you're like, oh, yeah, I got in, but I'm not going to share it with you. And that's the moment where as you start typing stuff, superhot.exe that's infected your computer, it's a virus of some sort, starts overtaking the things that you've written and starts writing whatever it wants to say and mm-hmm. sending that in response. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's the slow progression. And as, as you get further and further, as the file uh, of this game is up, uploaded or updated with more information or more levels, uh, you get further and further in and it controls more and more and more of you until, you know, as you progress through all of the levels in the end of the game, you realize your aim is to become one with superhat.exe, the system. But not before you test the system and the system shows you that you're not the one who's actually in control here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Which, that to me was my favorite moment in the entire game. Walk us through that. So you're going through the levels, and, and imagine that this game is, is split up into five sections of five levels. So, you know, the game starts, five levels... Password protected, five levels. And then the game kind of tells you, like, you need to stop. You need to stop playing this game. We, we warned you, come back, and you will pay. Yep. And the game actually blocks out your option to play. You find a way in, and you go through a few more levels, and then immediately the game, like, takes control from you. If I'm not mistaken, at first they put you in jail, right? Right. Yeah. So they put you in a cell and then they start talking to you and say, we want to show you, not in these words, but I'm paraphrasing, we want to show you how much power we really have over you. Yeah. You do have no control. You have no control. So what they do is you walk up a set of stairs and the game, I was so creeped out. Even though I know it's a video game, I just, like I got a real vibe from this. You go up some stairs and the game is like flashing words in front of you being like, does this look familiar to you? Do you know where you're headed? And you go up the stairs, and then you look through a window, and through the window is a person who's using a virtual reality headset to play a game. And let me tell you, when I saw that, I just was immediately like, I almost creeped got goosebumps. Out. That was my favorite <laughs> part of this whole thing. I was so creeped out. And that's a, re- that's a semi-recurring thing. The first time, they just show you that they know where you are. And you are in a text chat with a friend saying, like, it's super weird. I just saw myself in the game. And then the next time, it's you walking up to yourself, looking at yourself in the window. And then the last time, you're tasked with knocking yourself out. Mm -hmm. And then the very last time, you're tasked with killing yourself. You walk up to your body, plugged into the game, with monitors that show your view, looking at yourself sitting in a chair with a gun and you have no control and you have to end yourself because Mm -hmm. as superhot.exe says your mind is software your body is hardware bodies are disposable yeah and it's not needed Mm -hmm. the one thing the one thing that kind of somewhat reminded me of at the end when you walk up to yourself is seeing that infinite loop of yourself in portal when you create two portals like when you look through you see like it happening and happening and happening you're like where's the end where's the end you just never know that's that, that was a pretty cool feature when you see yourself sitting down you look just like the enemies in the game and it looks just like the the world that you've experienced in the game, which to me brings up the question, were you ever actually in the game? Or is the real world, does that look exactly like what the in-game world looks like in the super hot universe? Okay, I, I would like to counter your point uh-huh. with the, the only argument I have to kind of go contrary to this. So you barely see your own hands and your own body here. Yeah. But at some points, you see that your body or your arms are actually pewter compared to, like, like pewter the color, like pewter city in Pokemon, mm-hmm. compared to everyone else's kind of red and orange. So t- that, that, to me, is the only thing where I'm like, am I special? Am I Neo in the Matrix? Like, that's, right. that's like, that is the vibe I got of, like, I am, I am the computer. I am Neo in the Matrix. So when you're tapped into the game and you look at your body... You see that you're, you know, the pure color. But when you're 
in the game looking at your body seated, they're red. So it, it draws some some distinctions about you know who who are you and then who is the enemy in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the one of the things that I loved was stumbling across the hidden terminals. Mo, did you find any of those hidden um, terminals? I'm not sure what you're referring to exactly. So you can get out of the level in almost every level. And outside of the level, um, there are little computers that if you throw an object at, you can activate and jump up to and interact with. And it says you found a secret terminal. You can ask one question. And your character asks a question. And each terminal, it asks a different question. And they can be, you know, why is the world all concrete? And the superhot.exe will respond because we only want you to focus on the things that are important. Or when you ask, why are all the enemies red? The computer will respond, why do you think they're enemies? Uh, And each time you ask, each time you find a new terminal, you find more and more about the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it makes you you think a lot about it. One of my favorites was uh, you ask some question where the AI responds. Superhot.exe is, you know, is, you know, a game, uh, but Superhot is a thing of its own. Mm -hmm. And it, I think, encapsulates what this game is about in that it is, it's intending to at all times remind you that you're playing this game, but that this game is supposed to be talking about the larger uh, implications of, you know, what it means to play games mm-hmm. and to be entertained and to interact with technology in a way that you can't pull yourself away from. Mm-hmm. The AI was incredibly well-written. So uh, you basically alluded five minutes before we started recording to me, like, Jacob, did you, like, see those recordings? And I think my response was, I beg your pardon. <laughs> and so watched some of them before the the show started. And the thing that I saw in addition to the reading that I did throughout the game is that like the, the computer was like very how 9000 esque where like largely like prototypical AI, but like there was some really good snark and some really good like, like philosophical kind of discussion coming in. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not a person that understands or reads philosophy, but I'm like, hmm. I bet this computer could learn me some things. <laughs> uh, I, I think it kind of makes you unlearn some things, like compassion and like <laughs> feel, feeling for your like someone that's like opposite to you. Like that's the, the big. The general sense of what I understood from the game was you're kind of it's teaching you to be numb to kind of keep proceeding through um, taking lives and not really considering them lives. That's kind of not not as like blunt as that, but. That's, I feel like that's where it's trending mm-hmm. towards to kind of lead you through that path. Keep keep proceeding, destroy, don't ask questions, just follow this like infinite block to make you less human. Absolutely, I, I think it. it I, I think it's got a lot of things to say about how we interact with entertainment and technology. Mainly that we don't think much about our entertainment and and what it asks us to do, especially people who play video games. We are, I think, one of the most. Uh, one of the most tried and true tropes <laughs> uh, I, I in video games is combat. kind of makes you unlearn combat. Things like you fighting and, like, against another feel it, enemy feeling for person, your, like, someone et cetera, like, et cetera, to you. Like, that's... for no good reason. Um, and we never sit back and think about why, why is our initial reaction to, to fight and to, you know, to, to destroy the things opposite us. Um, we just take it as a thing that's, you know, for granted. Um, I, I think the the thing that it has to say about technology in general is that we are conditioned to engage with it and whether we understand that it's bad for us or not whether we understand it's dangerous we continue to come back to it i think i think everyone is aware of just how dangerous and harmful social media can be but because they're designed systems to continue to have us coming back with variable reward schedules we come back even knowing that it is harmful and dangerous to us and we probably shouldn't engage. So I, I think there are some really, really interesting things that it says about our, you know, our interaction with technology and entertainment 
Um, and it might not be new, but I think it's a really interesting venue to, to talk about those things. I wouldn't necessarily say it's new, but I would say that in video games, it's incredibly uncommon to have this kind of discussion come up. The only other title, one that we've actually played that I can think of that, that kind of pulls this trope out is Spec Ops The Line, where they kind of challenge you to say like, yo, this isn't just like a fun shooting video game. Like mm-hmm. there are there are layers here to be like, do you ever question anything that you do in a video game? Mm-hmm. Should you? Shouldn't you? Uh, to, to me, that's the only other game that I can think of that, that does that. Absolutely. I, I think Bioshock also draws into stark relief the fact that you don't have control over your actions in a linear game. That, that, that video game design is about giving you the the... Uh, perception that you have control and choice but the reality is that you have to walk down the corridor that they've designed for you mm-hmm. and they can put things in the way that make it feels like it's not a corridor but at the end of the day you are completing the thing that uh, someone has very defined and laid out for you mm-hmm. uh, I think the Stanley parable is another good example of that mm-hmm. you are taking on someone else's designed level Instead of just you know, you're you're the the mighty conqueror, mm-hmm. overtaking all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're designed to give you that sense of accomplishment and achievement that it was something you decided to do, uh, and that you overcame. Mm-hmm. When the reality is, you know, you're you're just walking on a treadmill. You're just a pawn, yeah. which is a, a, a like a nice juxtaposition to what we've gone through in this game. Absolutely, absolutely. So the one thing I want to add in is that I mentioned before the whole super hot thing was kind of annoying. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, it still acted as like some like reward system. Because once, especially with some of the levels where I struggled on, where I had to replay over and over again, you kind of wait for that last gunshot or that last kill and hope that you hear that super hot. Because I was like, okay, mission (laughs) mission completed. Like finally, you just proceeded. So it was super annoying to hear it. But at first it's like, oh yes, finally. And then you're like, oh damn it. Now I have to listen to super hot for the next 10 seconds. One of the most rewarding things was when at the end, your character throws the weapon that you're holding. Because it's like, oh man, I'm so badass. I just threw this thing away. There's no one left that I have to take care of. That's when I know I've completed a mission. Mm-hmm. For for me, the most satisfying thing, and it's again, it's because I'm a terrible video game player, is when you escape sure death in like a really lucky <laughs> yeah. instance. So like all example, the time, all the time, a bullet's coming from behind you, and you don't realize it until the very last second, but or you don't realize it at all, and you see the bullet like just pass by your shoulder, and you're mm-hmm. like, <laughs> guess who got by? That, to me, was my most yes, satisfying piece. Absolutely. The one thing I also noticed with that, Jacob, is um, I guess we, it kind of transitions into, like, those combos. There's a lot of times when I did get, like, shot, or sorry, when I would hear the gunshot. Did you guys notice that it wasn't always a direct line to where you are at that point? It's kind of shooting in that mm-hmm. direction. So you couldn't think, like, okay, I'm right here. If I move to the left, the gunshot won't hit me because the guy was aiming at the place I was. That never was the case for me. I, if I moved left, it could have mm-hmm. been slightly angled to the left already. I mean, I would have been taken down. Yeah, they have stormtrooper aim and that they're never shooting directly at you. But the fact that you have to move to progress uh, means that you're often forced to move in the direction that a bullet might be. Um, And there's often, or at least when you get to the midpoint of the game, more bullets than you can ever track at one point. So you need to be very, at, at least the strategy I found, very conscious of jumping and moving forward and not standing in one position um, and and moving side to side. I didn't really use the jump a lot. Jump was very useful um, because, in, for example, you could jump on top of someone and kill them. Um, There's an achievement for that too, is. right? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's Mario. It's a related. me Mario? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, there, there's some fun, interesting things you can do when you jump. And because when you jump, you're moving for quite a lot longer than when you would normally be moving, um, you get a good amount of movement of all the characters and it, at least for me, helped me dodge a lot of bullets. I I was kind of on Jacob's camp where I didn't use the jump that much purely because I felt that it would move too much time and bullets would come closer to me before I could react. Um, It was almost similar to like sometimes I I think I started counting my bullets because I didn't want to waste like a click 
because that split second of you pressing the button, hearing the click, and then like realizing there's no weapon, I, I, I became very, very calculated with what I spent my time doing, whether it was turning, looking up, or forward. I moved very slow until I saw my enemies. That was kind of my general way I proceeded through the mission. No jumping, though. Uh, so one of the things that's really good about jumping is it adds verticality to where your stormtrooper enemies are shooting. So they'll often shoot above wherever you're landing. Ah. So it helps get, uh, okay. it helps kind of reset a fight. If mm. everyone's shooting, you know, horizontally at you, uh, jumping allows them to, you know, start shooting vertically at you. And when you land, you're underneath their shot. You don't have to worry about it. I don't want to play armchair game designer, but like, I love this game. I would have preferred a crouch. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. I definitely, there were moments where I was like, I just want to crouch here. When I was stuck in a lot of hallways that were tight, I was like, if only I could just like crouch, shoot up a little bit, pop this guy here, mm. you know, step under a bullet yeah. when someone's shooting a shotgun down a hallway. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to avoid this? Yeah. Cause to me, like I'm a neurotic control freak and the jump there was a little bit too much uncertainty with the jump just because you could like time would slow as you're jumping. And I just didn't, I felt as though in the air you had no air control. So I wanted to be totally in control at all times. Mm -hmm. Apart from that though, the, I guess I should use the jump more because I guess on average I would play the levels, some levels like maybe 10 or 15, 20 times. But, like, it's very quick, right? Where you can just, like, hey, I died. Hey, I died. Hey, I died. Some of them, especially, like, the elevator, for example, uh-huh. where you're caught in an elevator with three men within maybe, like, within arm's length of you. Having to figure that out must have taken me 30 times. But, again, quick, quick, quick. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the one thing I kind of really freaked out on was the, the elevator. And any just mission in general where people were too close to me, or if I'm proceeding through a mission, not noticing someone's coming up right behind me with like fists of fury, oh, th- <laughs> that that always kind of spooked me because like there's nothing you can do. By the time you see them like that close, you you can't you can throw a weapon, you can throw something that's in your hand, but if you have nothing, you're instantly dying. Those, I, those are frustrating. I loved when there were a lot of enemies very close to each other or in a tight space because again, one of the most satisfying things was having them. Uh, destroy each other <laughs> yeah it's it's like standing between them and stepping back as the bullets end up, up killing each other um I, I also love the hot swap mechanic mm-hmm. when you're able to choose an enemy's body to jump into and take over um there is something very satisfying about you know standing there as they shoot you swapping into their body and seeing you know or at least imagining that they're moving into your body and being killed by you know, the very bullets that they just shot at themselves. Because mm-hmm. that's not a mechanic you get until, like, the very end of the... The last like, third. the single player of the game, right? Exactly, yeah. I think the one thing that also... I'm going to add in just one last little mechanic that kind of... I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, whenever you throw a weapon at someone, that wouldn't... That would just stun them. Did anyone actually kill someone with a, a weapon throw? Besides, like, Unless a blade? Unless you throw the katana. Yeah, besides the blades. Um, I, I found that... I'd initially at least whenever i'd throw a weapon and i'd grab the like the gun or the the shotgun and i'd have to shoot them uh, for some reason i just felt bad i'm like i just like knocked you out can't you just fall asleep or go away but then <laughs> then you have to pop them right there as they're stunned and shooting them. it was cool but i kind of felt bad throwing items at people who were shooting stuff was also uh, <laughs> like incredibly helpful because yeah. Like, they could be shooting a shotgun at you, and if you throw a briefcase, you can absorb a ton of the bullets with that shotgun. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you guys ever get the situation where you shot a bullet that was coming at you? No. What? So you can totally negate a bullet that's coming at you by shooting it in the air. It's, uh, I think you get an achievement for it, and it's crazy. Just to, you know, because it's incredibly hard to line that up. Mm -hmm. Um, it's It's almost as rewarding as lining up a headshot before the body gets there like you know the body's going to be moving into this spot so you shoot the bullet ahead of time and move time forward and and, you know seeing those heads pop in that crystallized way is. i feel like every kill is incredibly visceral and satisfying even like throwing like a coffee cup or throwing like a glass is it just feels so good because it's not weighty but 
like everything you do feels so impactful because every action you make has such a like high stake to it. And that's kind of like the sick thing about the game, how it kind of dehumanizes shooting because you're shooting the crystal guy that explodes. But for me, Jacob, where I got the most satisfaction with these kills was not shooting them directly. It was shooting the bullet and knowing the trajectory was perfect that once you continue on your own path and move on to the next target, that guy is going to be dead. That's probably my favorite part. It's like pop and then you move and then you know it's going to hit them. It's like setting up that kill is the best. Right. Again, speaking to my like my neurotic nature, as I shoot the bullet, like sometimes you anticipate a guy moving in a certain way. Yes. Like I want the XCOM thing where it's like I know at you know, 70% of the time that shot's going to hit or you know, 100% of the time I know I'm going to hit him, but you can anticipate what says he won't stop moving in a certain direction. Yes. And the bullet that you've just fired that like has a lot of weight to it because with a handgun you have to shoot and then you have to wait for it to reload. Yeah. It it like it's high stakes. Every single bullet has very high stakes. So I guess one more thing I want to ask is like what were your favorite levels? I would say that my favorite level was the one involving the truck. The one that you have to jump or the one that you have to fall down on. So I would say the one where you're you're in an alley. It's the first time you see the truck because there's so when two, you have to hide. Right when you have to hide when you see a truck coming at you because there's a train instance as well. Yes. So like any instance where there's a vehicle, I would say is what I really loved, just because like I you weren't really expecting it, and you're like the first time it happened, I'm like, oh no, there's a truck, and then with the train, you have to. I couldn't figure it out at first because you have to I, – I thought you had to like kill the guy who was like coming at you and it took me five or six times to realize like, oh, no, there's actually like a spot where you have to drop down and like ignore the guy who's trying to kill you. Is that not the one where the guy is already dead and a shotgun is, is, run, is like moving towards you that you have to grab and drop down at the same time? I didn't know he was if he was dead or not. Okay, yeah, I think he. I think he was either falling over or was dead already. I think he was about to be killed. Okay, so you had to just like like ignore him. He's right. he'll, he'll he'll get his right. <laughs> Mo, what was your favorite? Um, I'm trying to find exactly where it was, but it's it wasn't really a, a level. It was more or less. So me being the guns guy in the game, there was one mission in particular <laughs> where I was walking down a hallway and there was stacks on stacks on stacks of shotguns that you can kind of just stand there blast people away move in one spot wait for the next person to come by blast and move in one spot love that one but i wouldn't say that was my favorite my favorite was er more earlier than that it was when you're dropped in to fight club and you're essentially have to take down an octagon filled with like four or five guys (laughs) uh having watched the ufc event that happened this past weekend i'm like oh man here we go connor and khabib volume two let's go (laughs) and then if you got outside of the octagon if you got outside of the cage you would have found the terminal Mm -hmm. Uh, mike what was your favorite level um you know i think there was a level that looked like the atrium of a building and it reminded me of the matrix it felt like it was paying a lot of homage to the matrix and it you know, the game feels like it has a bullet time mechanic. It feels like the Matrix in some way. Yes. That, like you're interacting with a computer. It's got that philosophical demon controlling the world. Um, so I, that was my favorite just because it, it brought me back to, to so much of the Matrix. Is this a good time to say that I've never watched all of the Matrix movies? It's not a good time. Okay. You should watch. Well, maybe not. All, I've okay, seen the sorry. first one. Yeah, that's the only one you need to see. Okay. The other one's whatever. The Lukowski's got up their own. Yeah. They did a little bit. Yeah. Homework. I'll work on it. <laughs> Should we talk about just how the game ends before we wrap up this episode of the Left Behind Game Club? Let's do it. So, Michael, you, you alluded to the fact that bodies are disposable and that minds are software, right? Yeah. So what the hell happens <laughs> in the end of the game? So as you lose control... You start just taking orders from superhot.exe and it essentially says like your your body is disposable. Your mind is the only thing that matters. Um, you should become one of us. Join the hive mind hot swap into the cube. Doesn't it basically like open up the eye of Sauron? Mo, I got you. Thanks, man. Always a Lord <laughs> in, of the Rings reference. In the, 
in the actual software itself. Never had an episode without a Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Someone should do account for (laughs) us, but like basically, Eye of Sauron opens on top of the UI of Superhot.exe, and that's where the the hive mind starts speaking to you directly, right? Absolutely, and so it, it throws you into a level, and I found it the most challenging, where it has three phases, and each phase you upload a little bit more and more of your brain into the the super hot hive um it's this big pyramid sitting in the middle of a room and uh i think what ends up happening is you get to the very end you upload 100 percent of your brain and then superhot.exe says okay now go eliminate yourself and you walk up to yourself in your room with a gun in your hand and you have to boom shoot yourself in the back of the head and that is the end you become part of superhot.exe. But before that, don't you just murder everyone in the room once you become superhot? I didn't. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there you literally that, just that, like, pew, pew, yeah, pew, You teleport pew. right into them. And I don't know if you guys just teleported into one at a time, but you can chain those. You so can. You can go through the whole room. I did it a couple uh, times. But going from I, yeah, one to another. I, didn't, I don't think I timed it well sometimes, but uh, I, I teleported back and forth kind of chain reaction. I only realized it at the end, and I was like, oh, I've already taken out half of these guys. I should have realized it earlier. Uh, but it, it's very cool, very interesting. Um, not what I was expecting. No, I, I was I was not expecting this layer of narrative on top. This game is not what I was expecting. Um, and, and I think the game knows that. It, it's, it makes fun throughout that there's no plot that the game is just shooting red people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that up front very early on, which I think is great because it makes you realize like, oh, maybe I should pay attention to what's happening here. Maybe I should read things more. Maybe <laughs> I should spend some time poking around this terminal and seeing what all of these different video files are, different demos. Did you guys play any of the demos in the game? Yeah, there's some like weird like cell phone-esque video <laughs> games inside the settings menus of Superhot.exe. Yeah. There's the tree chopping, um, which I only... I, I got a kick out of it because I only found it after I had listed, or listened or read or enjoyed the teleplay of the people in the IRC chat talking about the tree chopping game. Um, but there is so much hidden in there. There are videos, there are trailers... There are weird early demos. There's a carpet generator. There's a isn't there like a water. VR? There's like a VR There's game so inside there. there where it's like rudimentary graphics, yeah. almost like a CD-ROM game where yes. you're just like going through the level. It's a game inside a game inside a game. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, this game is also Inception. Yeah. Um, it is. It is so interesting and so cool. I think that's that's the coolest part about it is, is you can take the game at face value. You can just say this is like a really cool third person first person shooter, or you can kind of dig in. You could spend two hours playing, or you can really dig into it. Because Mike, how much time do you think you played this game? Three hours. Three hours. Four hours maybe. So you spent the extra one or two hours to kind of really dig your teeth in. Because I yeah. think I only played it for about two hours. Yeah. I I walked away from it after it said leave and don't come back. I'm like, okay, that's cool with me. <laughs> I actually thought that might have been the end of the game uh, because the next time I loaded it in, I was back at the, the segment before. So I was like, oh, maybe this is actually the end of the game. Uh, but then I realized there was more to it. One of the things that I think we never quite experienced, all three of us, is what this game was like in VR. Yes. And how, you know, the extra layer of, you know, sitting in a chair with a VR headset on trying to play the game and then seeing yourself as a VR character sitting down playing the game and having to eliminate yourself or having watched yourself. Um, The ways that the game interacts when it is your entire field of view. Mm -hmm. I think those are all really interesting things that, I think the best we can all do is kind of empathize and imagine what that what that is, but you know we don't quite have that firsthand experience. And I wish that my first experience with this game was a VR one because it seems so perfectly designed for it. Um, but I loved my experience playing on console, uh, and I would still recommend it. Um, the one thing I, f- I forgot to mention when I mentioned Robo Recall, the VR game earlier on, is that uh, that bullet 
that slow motion bullet thing is something that's in that game where bullets are coming at you very slowly. The world is operating normally, but you have that sensation of having to like physically dodge the bullet in like real life. So I think that would transfer comp- like really well in VR. So I-, I wouldn't be surprised if the VR version is way better just because of that fact that you feel like you're actually getting shot. You're not pl- holding a mouse and keyboard or a controller. The bullets are passing right by your head. Like you can watch them as they pass by you, things like that. So I, I can only imagine it being really sweet and i'd love to kind of play with the vr version sometime in the future yeah my my takeaway with the game and with the vr version i'll start with the vr version first to me i can't imagine like how cool it would be in this game using you know any of the controllers of the game to just reach out and grab a gun oh yeah as it's so it's that is a thing we haven't talked about the feeling of shooting someone and them just like and then like releasing their gun and their gun just flies out in the air and you just have a split second to grab it. Imagine how freaking cool that would be in VR to just reach your hand out and be like, no, no, no one can see this. Even throwing the first hand, you know, uh, sight of Jacob diving as if he's in the matrix right now. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Is a great game. Absolutely. Uh, if you can grab it on sale, if you can grab it, play it, it's super fun. I, I would pay full price for it. Mm-hmm. Whatever full price is. Yeah. Super dope. Super, super hot. It's a mm-hmm. super, it's super hot fire. Super caudofragilistic expialidocious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, that is our conclusion on the topic of super hot. You know what else is super hot? The Left Behind Game Club Discord. Oh, there are some super hot deals in there. Mm-hmm. There are some super hot conversations. We've been talking a lot about uh, some of the acquisitions and and things that are happening in the industry. Uh, big plays that are happening from major console manufacturers. Um, so, yeah, if you want to be part of that discussion, hop in to the Left Behind Game Club Discord. You can go to leftbehindgameclub.com and there's a big fat button that you can click and it'll take you right in. Uh, and join the conversation. There are a lot of cool people in there talking about a lot of cool things that are happening. Um, and yeah, I'm, I love the community that we have there. Some I agree. Really great people. I agree. Uh, I want to give one quick shout out and then we'll, we'll talk about something super nice. Um, our friends at VG Rations uh, just gave us a shout out on their show. Uh, we wanted to do the same thing. Um, they have a very similar format to us. They also pair snacks with every single game they do. So if you're interested in more games or more podcasts like ours, you might want to check out VG Rations. Uh, thanks for the shout out on your last show, guys. You know what would be super nice, though? What would be super nice? Mo, if people gave us a review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. If you are listening to us on iTunes, make sure you do jump on and give us a five-star rating. We think we're worth that much. Hopefully, you do, too. Um, Or rate us anywhere in general. If you're listening to us on Google Play, five stars are always great there. Anywhere you listen to our uh, podcast, we'd love to hear a great review. Mike, if uh, folks want to find you on the wonderful internet, not on an IRC channel, where could they do so? You can find me at RufaloM on most social places online, or you can go to MichaelRufalo.com or MichaelRufalo.ca and, uh, and see my personal website. Mo. You can find me at Emmertotti on almost all social media platforms and Emmertotti.com. Jacob? You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt on all major social media platforms and at JacobMcCourt.com. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Thank you.